0: Welcome into Phil's Tax Hacks and Other Retirement Facts with CPA and personal financial specialist Phil Putney. Now let's get rolling with today's show. Hey gang, welcome into another edition of Phil's Tax Hacks and Other Retirement Facts with Phil Putney and myself talking investing, finance and retirement. And it's time to catch up on some emails from you around the area and all over the place. So we're going to We haven't done one of these in a while, so we're yeah, going to catch been, up. It's been a while, so emails. Yeah. How you doing my friend?
1: I'm doing great. How about you?
0: Doing pretty good, hanging in there, rocking and rolling as usual, doing the thing. A little Enjoying tired. That, but, the holiday season. That's right. A little tired, but I got my, uh, I got my cup of Joe, so I'm good to go. That's right. Uh, yeah, me, not really me too. Joe, It's just water, but you know. Oh, okay.
1: Right. now my mine's Joe.
0: <laughs> I already had that, so I already had oh, my okay. caffeine fix because I was dragging.
1: <laughs> Under the water. Huh?
0: That's right. So now I got to drink the water to offset it a little bit. But we're gonna do some emails, Phil, because that's like you know, sure. like said we haven't done these in a while, and. If you'd like to submit one, go to the website, philstaxhacks.com. That's philstaxhacks.com. Drop a message. Now, of course, all emails and questions get answered. We don't always put them on the podcast, but they all get answered, whether you go to Phil's main website uh, for his practice or whether you go through the podcast. Either way, obviously, all questions get answered. So if you got questions, definitely turn to a qualified professional before you take any action. should always do that anyway. Uh, and so we're going to take these, and, and, and they're kind of generalized. So if, if it kind of relates to you a little bit, before you take any action, definitely follow up with Phil again to make sure that it's the right move for you. 248-888-7530. Is how you can call him, or again go to philstaxag.com. All right, so let's see what we got this week. We got Wade in Novi, and a lot of these are from the Michigan area. But Phil, you got clients all over the place. So Wade says, uh, "My wife and I both earn very nice incomes, and we don't have any kids. Uh, we're only 45, and we think it's reasonable to retire in 10 years at 55. Yeah. It's pretty ambitious. Yeah, uh, that's great. What are some? Yeah, he says, "What are some key things to know to help make that happen?"
1: Well, I mean, it, it starts with a plan, right? We've talked over and over. If you listen to any uh, length of time on the podcast about yeah. planning, you know I mean? It,
0: Hopefully he's got it, one.
1: It, to, yeah, exactly. It, to make, make sure this works, um, you've got to run the numbers and, and have a plan. And, you know, retiring early is awesome if you can do it. Um, can be a lot of challenges, not to say it doesn't work. Just make sure you run the numbers to see, do you have enough? Yeah. You know, one of the biggest um, challenges you're going to face retiring at that age is going to be health insurance. Thank um, you, because, thanks, you, thank you. Yeah, yes. not, now you're going on your own, so to speak, right? You're no or longer a on a company plan year. for yeah. 10 years. And that, that can be a long time, especially at the rates yeah. that health insurance are today yeah. before you qualify for Medicare. you know, And Medicare can be reasonable. You know, Really, sure, I mean, sure. we, we plan around $300 a month per person for Medicare and a good supplement, kind of an average drug plan. Obviously, that's going to depend on your scenario. Don't use that as a hard number.
0: Right, right. talk
1: to your advisor. Get get the number of you know what it would be for you. But it's very reasonable for the coverage it is. Versus if you try to go to the uh, the marketplace today, you know, yeah. for a fifty five year old, um, get that kind of coverage for a married couple, you're probably looking at twelve hundred, thirteen hundred a month,
0: Ooh. and you're still going
1: to have a five, six thousand, ten thousand dollar deductible. So oh, yeah, yeah. It, that's that's going to be your biggest hurdle. So, so don't Phil- overlook. Uh, health insurance.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. And I'm so glad that you brought that one up because it's easy to kind of think, you know, say, okay, well, let's look at, you know, what we're, you know, what we're making on our returns and blah, blah, blah. But these are the ones that are going to kind of nip you in the tush, right? You know, is that extra money right there. And so I would think, and he says they make great money, you know, very nice incomes. So I would think definitely, you know, you know, talk to an advisor, make sure, because you're probably going to need to sock away more while you can right now, like as much as you can, especially if you don't have kids. So right. like pumping it, you know, in a way into these accounts, because I would think, and this is just my thought on this, if you were going to retire at 55, the two biggest things you're dealing with are the healthcare, which you pointed yep. out and the sheer longevity of it. And you Correct. Really, yeah. I mean,
1: you've yeah, you got an extra 10 years, um, yeah. you know, if you want to think of a quote unquote, normal retirement age around sure. 65, yeah. you have to plan for it, you know, yeah. and, and it's not just 10 years of whatever your budget number is, but 10 years of that with inflation. And yeah, so, yeah, yeah, I mean, it, we always talk about longevity as being the risk multiplier in a plan. Yeah. Well, yeah. When you start adding years, that multiplication of risk from longevity just goes up even further.
0: Definitely get on to the calendar with somebody and really start laying this out and see what kind of just dollars you're talking about. Uh, right. Cause you know, they can project this stuff out. So yep. there's a lot of good information. You can you can put some stuff into the system and they can give you some good projections on on what you're looking for. So good luck. And it's doable, you know, because we, again, we don't know exactly what he makes. I mean, he could be making crazy right. money, in which case yeah. he's in great shape. Yeah. So,
1: yeah. yeah um, I mean, I, the other thing with that too, just real quick is just yeah, lifestyle, right? I mean, if you're thinking you're retiring at 55 yeah. versus well, 65, no vibe, I mean, so. <laughs> you've got 10 years of, you know, you're you're in your, you know, kind of, Early ages, you're still liking to travel and do, you know, so it can be expensive. That can be an expensive years compared to the next 10 years. So,
0: so, you know, it's
1: uh,
0: it's not exactly cheap. So, no, no. All right. So let's see what we got on this next one here. We got uh, George in Plymouth and George says, "Uh, I've heard you guys talking about being aware of the risk in your portfolio. Mm -hmm. I'm 65 kind of risk are we talking about.
1: Well, there's all sorts of risks in retirement. We just uh, answered one talking about longevity, you know, but looking specifically at the portfolio there, you're really looking at kind of market risk. There's two sides of it, market risk, right? So making sure you're you're not putting too much at risk. And sometimes we see that happen with somebody thinking, oh, I've got to catch up. So I got to take more risk, get a higher growth rate. That works great if the market's good and and you don't have the downside, right? But if Mm -hmm. you have a downside, that can be dramatic. Um, in retirement, it can it change everything all of a sudden. Right. But the the flip side of that risk is you can't be too conservative either because of inflation. You know. So those are probably your two biggest risks to consider when you're looking at your portfolio. Is number one, it has to to be managed from a downside standpoint, especially from that bucket you're spending from. Mm-hmm. But then you also have to be conscious of long term from an inflationary standpoint, making sure your money is going to keep up with inflation. So
0: yeah. And we, uh, we've talked many times about rules of thumb on the show and, yep. you know, and so he could, he probably has heard or could do quickly do the, you know, the rule of a hundred and say, well, you're 65. So you know 35% should be at risk, but that might be too much for him. He might not feel yeah, good. Yeah.
1: And you. yeah. Rules of thumb again. And it's just a about general quick. Yeah. Yeah. It's just that it, it's a, you know, on my on target, I, I don't recommend using them, you know, especially if you're serious, if you're at the point of retirement, it's not something to do. If you're younger, yeah of thinking of you know what does this look like yeah rules of thumb get you there close it's just a quick
0: uh, reference point
1: right but yeah. yeah but when you're at retirement at 65 if you're or you are retired now you've got to take a serious look look at how risk is positioned in your portfolio and a lot of that comes down to what you're comfortable with too
0: george get a risk analysis and find right. out you know i mean that's, that's, that's where it starts way to do it yeah. yeah you might uh you might be like well i i know i'm not taking too much risk but hey Let's do it. And then you do it. And many times people are like, whoa, I'm taking way more risk than I thought I was. So,
1: yes. That's yeah, a lot of times point. those are very eye opening because you don't yeah. think you're taking the risk that, that you are. Yeah. And target date funds um, are very famous for that. If you really start to look at the risk that are mm-hmm. in those for the target date that's there, uh, we see right. often yeah. that it's way riskier than people realize. So, yeah.
0: So that's the first place I'd start, and then you could start looking and talking about you know how to handle the different kinds of risks that you need to, yep. and go from there. So that's yep. a great place to start. Thanks for the question, George. Appreciate that. Uh, let's see what Elizabeth's got for you. She's in Livonia, and right. she says I have a pension fund from a previous job in a different state. Mm-hmm. It's been sitting there for years, and I have the option to take the lump sum and invest the money myself, or okay. I could leave it there and do the pension when I retire. Thoughts?
1: Um, pros and cons on each side. You, you've got to, again, come back to running that plan, running the numbers to see what makes sense for you. And, and there's two sides of that pension lump sum equation. One is, are they giving you enough money to, to make sense for you know giving up that income, so to speak, right? If you're right, right. getting this guaranteed monthly income, do they give you enough in a lump sum that you could invest it and generate something close to that? pros and cons i mean if you invest it now you have the opportunity to keep up with inflation versus most pensions are going to be level right so you have to take that into account you know if, if you're investing it now you control the money versus if it's with a company you know if something happens to that company financially they no longer can support the pension could end up being Good point. Uh, supported by the the PBGC where you could have a decrease in the pension long term
0: Right. So you
1: have to look at both sides of it from just a does it make sense financially? But the other side of the equation that doesn't often get looked at is the tax side of the equation. Because from a tax standpoint, if you're trying to manage your tax liability, you know, by the time you had a pension, social security, interest dividends, RMDs on top of it, you could get (laughs) pushed into a higher bracket. And we see it all the time with people with pensions. So taking a lump sum. Roll it into an IRA. You, you don't pay tax on that upfront, but now you have better control on that money and when the money comes out and how to control taxes. So, yep. great point. Bottom line, there's a lot of pieces to that pension lump sum decision. Oftentimes, it's just, you know, are they giving me enough? And that's one thing to look at, but you've got to look at all the other components as well.
0: Does the, she mentioned the, the state, does that have anything to do with anything being in a different no, state?
1: No, no, not usually. Okay. Um, nope. Now, age is, is one of the biggest factors. You age, know, you, okay. um, yeah. you, are you qualified? Kind of like Social Security, most pension plans are going to have a um, 65 is very common versus like Social Security is, you know, 66 to 67 is that full retirement age. Right. So just be conscious of what that looks like, too. Don't wait, because if they're not going to grow it beyond 65 either take it or get the lump sum today. So, Yeah, yeah that's so. what I was going to say.
0: they really it kind of depends on the kind of person that Elizabeth is. Right. Uh, but fundamentally, you got to talk with an advisor and a professional on it because Absolutely. you want to make the right decision, the best decision. You know, nine times out of ten, I don't want to say that's correct, but a lot of times people want to take the lump sum so they can control it. So Right. You know, yeah, we're kind of control freaks.
1: <laughs> very often when we're running the math and working with clients, the lump sum makes the most sense. Yeah. You know, not always. And, yeah, and that's sure. why we run the math. And right, exactly. And like I tell my clients as we're going through any of these decisions, whether it's social security, looking at Roth conversions, pensions. You know, my role as an advisor is never to say, well, this is what you need to do. It's to show you here's the pros and cons, right? There's pros and cons on each side of that, that decision. Understand them. Right. Don't just go into it and say, Oh, you know, I I want the lump sum. That sounds great. And and the biggest mistake I see there is now you got this big chunk of money and all of a sudden you think, Oh, I got a million dollars. This is great. I'm never going to run out of money. You you go start spending where your budget can't support it. And, you know, again, five, 10 years down the road, all of a sudden you realize, Whoa, wait a minute. I spent way too much and now I don't have enough.
0: Uh, let's see if we can get another one here and let's do, uh, let's do Mary in Farmington. Okay. Uh, this one's interesting. So I always find this one fun. Uh, she says, we've never lived on a budget fill our entire lives. And my husband hates the word budget. Uh, and he's not interested in hearing it once we retire either, but without a budget, how do we know that we're not going to run out of money 10 years down the road or 10 years before we die?
1: It's the B word. I was going to say the B word. Yes. Yes. Everyone's I'm favorite. with Mary's but husband. Budget, I like budget. it. I, I agree. You know, and we, we call it a spending plan and that's really right. spending plan. We, when you look at a budget, it there's a couple of ways to approach it, right? I mean, you can be the person that has a line item for every single thing and you're looking at it every month and, <laughs> right. and there's nothing wrong with that. If that's you, awesome. Do it. You know, that's, you don't have to do it that way when you think of budget. I mean, budget to me is, Hey, I have X amount a month, 5,410. Right. You know, what, what's the number? You know, you've you've got to have that figured out to some extent because without it, you're kind of guessing at retirement. You don't know if you have enough, right? We, as an advisor, that number really controls everything to how much you need. You know, what does this look like long term taxes? You know, I mean, the more the bigger that number is, the higher in the tax brackets you're potentially going to be because you're pulling more out. I mean, like it or not, you have to have at least a A general number, right? Yeah, it doesn't have to be specific. Well, this is how much is for groceries and for you know housing and entertainment and things like that. But So Mary's on the right path, right? She's she's on the right path. Hey, look, we need
0: to know. Like, you know, how do we know if we don't have some information in front of us? But I get where he's coming from. So Mary, that's the first thing I would say is try spending plan on him.
1: Yes. You know, uh, see, see if the the verbiage works you the know, verbiage so. goes
0: a long way with a lot of this stuff right so it's like don't worry yeah. we're not being a budget we're gonna be on a spending plan how much can we spend you know
1: yeah and we, we've got an interest interesting exercise we have our um, attendees that our classes do of we handle we call it a budget worksheet but it's that spending plan right where you can kind of go through and line item like that you know of what you think you might need in these various items right the reality is 99% of the time people underestimate. I mean, it's just in our human nature. Oh, yeah. We don't realize what we spend. I encourage you to do that just to get an idea, you know, because oh, yeah, yeah. you never think I spend that much. But how we come up with that number really is, is we'll come back to a tax return. And we look at last couple of years, tax returns in retire before retirement and say, okay, what was your total income minus the taxes you've paid? and that net income after taxes only went one of two places. You either spent it or you saved it. If you can't specifically say, well, you know, I put X amount in my savings account because 401Ks, IRAs, well, that's already been deducted in coming up with that number.
0: Then you spent it.
1: Then you spent it, you know, yeah. and, and, and sometimes that's hard to come to grasp, but to say, there's, there's no way I spent that amount of money. Well, well, where is that? Where did it go? Yeah, you know, it, it one or two places. So and you don't want to underestimate that number. Yeah, that's, that's a the great point. Biggest danger in retirement is underestimating the number.
0: That's a great point. And often we think spending means we we went to the store or something Right, but you could spend it in a number of ways. Right. I mean, you could have spent it on, you know, at the store or mm-hmm. whatever the case, but you could have given it to the kids. You could have been paying for okay. stuff for your, your grandkids, whatever. Either yeah. way, you know, you didn't necessarily just buy like you think, well, I didn't buy anything. So where did it go? Well, yeah. you know, you gave it to the loved ones or whatever. So, yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, there's- that's a great that's a great point.
1: And maybe not spending. This is the money we have available to us today, right? There you go. Where did it go? <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, all right. One more quick one. We're gonna make this one really fast. We're gonna wrap it up. <laughs> Warren in Northville says, "Phil, I've had uh, half my money with one broker and half uh, with somebody else for a couple of years. Uh, I really like both guys. I think they get great, give me great advice. Uh, but." I thought it would be a good, cool idea because I could get it from two different people Mm -hmm. and make sure that I'm kind of comparing things. Now it's just confusing and just too much. So he wants to know if he's better off to just have everything in one place. To me, like this always gets started, Phil, like you go get a second opinion from your doctor. That makes sense. But you don't have more than likely two
1: surgeons, you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, you're going to have one primary care physician, maybe that's kind of running your health, so to speak. I mean, at the end of the day, you're the one in control. Sure. If you're working with a professional, you should have one that is has done the planning, right? I mean, that's where it starts. You've got to have a plan yeah. first. And if there's one that's done the planning, kind of running that overall, overseeing it, making sure you're on track, Um then you you could be okay as long as they're okay with that relationship. But that's so, always going to be the so challenge. Isn't the, is the reality
0: though that these guys are probably they're not talking. They're not probably right. communicating. They're not going to
1: talk, and, and, and so that's going to be the yeah yeah. You know, it's going to be like the next piece. Have, um,
0: I just feel like that's just a total uh, to his point. It's a mess because yes. at some point, like, how effective are you really being if one hand is doing this and the other hand is doing something else, and neither the two shall meet?
1: Correct. Yeah. So I mean, at the end of the day, what typically happens with that is that you now are back kind of somewhat in control because you're deciding which advisor is doing what, you know? So yeah. personally for me, when, when this, when I'm working with a, a prospective plan and we've presented a plan and, you know, part of that is, know, okay, if you want us to help manage it, this is what it looks like. And if this scenario comes up, I, I'll tell them, depending on the scenario, I'm sure. fine with it, provided this, right? Number one this is our plan and philosophy and how we do things, how we manage money Okay, and we bucketize money, you know? So as long as you're okay with where we fit, where they fit. Mm -hmm. And I know that knowing that I'm not monitoring what they're doing in the plan, that's up to them and you, then I'm okay. Cause now we have an understanding of what my expectations are, you know, and what I need to do and how we're following up, but we're not going to be responsible for what they're doing. It's going to be a rough road. Yeah.
0: One th- I was thinking about like the support system, like, you know, cause you're both, you're a CPA and a, and a, you know, financial professional right. for as well for, you know, retirement planning as well. But maybe if now, if you had a retirement professional, an advisor, but then you had a separate CPA because your advisor is not a CPA, that's different, right? That's a different story. That's right. more of the team. But as I was reading this again, he says a broker and an advisor, so, yes. he, he, the broker might be focused on just growing the money, and the advisor's focusing on trying to preserve it. And again, they're not communicating. So,
1: right. And then, I mean, that's the other side of the equation to look at is that the, the whole concept of financial advisor is kind of an overused term. Everyone or anybody, everyone's a financial advisor, whether you're yeah. a broker and you're just an investment advisor, really buying and selling stocks just or investments insurance. Yeah. or insurance, you know, or if you're. Truly a financial planner where you're running the plan, doing, you know, and managing. Right. You know, they're all generally thought of as being a financial advisor. Right. But you have to have a specialist at this stage of running that math out on a plan and understanding how these things work, especially as you get to retire. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, Orin, I'm with you, buddy. I mean, I get where you probably went down that road originally, but yeah, it just gets too confusing and uh, and it's easier to have everything under one roof. And and there's nothing wrong with going and getting a second opinion or a third or a fourth until you find the right one to do all the stuff for you. Uh, But yeah, kind of bringing it under one umbrella, one house is probably just going to take a load off of you as well. So there you go. That's some email questions this week. If you've got questions, as always, follow up with a financial professional. If you're working with somebody, definitely talk with them. If, before you take any action on something you hear on our show or any other financial show. You always want to see how it's going to affect your unique situation. So if you need some help, reach out to Phil, 248-888-7530. Numbers on the screen if you're watching, 248-888-7530 if you're listening. You can stop by the website philstaxhacks.com. That's philstaxhacks.com. Subscribe on Apple, Google, Spotify, YouTube, all that good stuff. You can find it all right there. Phil, my friend, thanks for hanging out and answering some questions. Hope you have a great week. You too, Mark. We'll see you next time, right here on Phil's Tax Hacks and Other Retirement Facts. Investment advisory services offered through AFS Wealth Management. The content of this program is provided for informational purposes only and is not a solicitation or recommendation of any investment strategy. Investments and or investment strategies involve risk, including the possible loss of principal. There is no assurance that any investment strategy will achieve its objectives.